Hey everybody, welcome to the latest episode of Breaking Down the Doors, where we speak only of Vanderbilt Athletics. I am Vanderbilt beat reporter Adam Sparks. This is a special episode because we have our new Tennessee and columnist, Gentry Estes, with us. Gentry has been with us, what, a week? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, a little little more than a week, and uh, this is my third podcast Whoa. of the day. Yeah. You're averaging three podcasts per day. That's Th- this a- is the best one, though. Okay, so it absolutely know, is, is. Yeah, right. You're an SEC guy. You have covered, now let me think off the top of my head, you've covered Alabama twice, you've covered Georgia You've covered Tennessee as a beat guy, I think, back in the day. Uh, well, I guess a beat guy for all those three, right, to some extent? Yeah, I, I covered Tennessee for the Chattanooga paper back in the, the former days, back when they were pretty good. Then I went to Nick Saban's first three Alabama teams. I always tell people I covered the one that lost Louisiana Monroe. I remember that one. That was the real fun year. Yeah. yeah you really want to be around it back then. But <laughs> after that, they recruited a couple of guys like Julio Jones and Mark Barron and Mark Ingram, and things started to, to pick up quite yeah. a bit in year two. But uh, follow that, I, I went and covered Georgia for for, for about five years and uh, covered Todd Gurley and Nick Chubb and some some pretty good players there. So kind of been all over the SEC. And You've been you know, at Louisville most recently. Yeah, I was at the Courier-Journal in Louisville for about the last four years. And, and so I guess you could say I covered Kentucky. To be fair, I did cover some football, but I also covered a lot of basketball. Right, sure. In that, <laughs> that state, was, you have to. You know, the, Kentucky was different because it was the first place I'd ever been where it clearly was basketball was, was the deal um, in terms of, of fan interest. But I will say, Kentucky football has gotten a lot better, and I think Mark Stoops is very quietly done one of the better jobs in the in the in the league or in all of college football really to get them where they are and so it's it's been it's been fun to to come here uh, i've always you know admired from afar what Derek mason uh, has done with this program you know it's 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 uh, it's always interesting to uh, to get to know new new people in new places and i have been all over been about half of the sec now yeah i was gonna say you got it you had to check off vanderbilt you're getting most of the east now so if we if we happen to lose you you're probably going to be going to Gainesville, columbia or the other columbia missouri we'll try to keep you here as long as we can or, uh, or lsu but we can talk about lsu we, we will talk about lsu <laughs> this is uh so vanderbilt had a bye week last week they're zero and two they're going to face number five lsu this saturday we'll hit that topic in just a minute the hottest topic today is the news of the day which is in the injury report for Vanderbilt. Three players pronounced out for the season, running back Jamari Wakefield, wide receiver Amir Abdur-Rahman, and linebacker Colin Anderson. Now, all three of those are generally backups. They've each started a little bit in their career. The one I think that would hurt the most may be Colin Anderson, although he was out for a lot of last year. He was out for the first two, two games, but um, there's they've inside linebacker has been a weakness anyway, and they've been been two poor performances for the most part on defense so they need some depth there that could hurt them on down the line Rockman, they will Abdur Rockman, they will absorb that to some extent I think because wide receiver has some pretty good depth Jamari Wakefield backup running back to Keyshawn Vaughn right now I don't think they're going to feel that that much because Keyshawn Vaughn's not even get, getting enough carries but that could show on down the line when Vandy gets into more competitive more toss-up games where you'll need two running backs and the offense will be flowing a little better I think some decent decently good news is that Devin Cochran Vanderbilt's left tackle is now been elevated to a game time decision um, he was a maybe when Vandy lost at Purdue two weeks ago he's more of a maybe slash probably in this game I would think they'll try to get some work for him against LSU but certainly try to get him 
uh, close to 100 percent with uh, for the Northern Illinois game, and really a string of more winnable games after this one. So that's the news. A lot of bad news, a little bit of good news there at the end. We'll see if the offensive line can get back to full health, but. On to LSU. Again, number five, LSU. This is not the LSU maybe you've seen in the past. LSU is not, not necessarily a pro-style run between the tackles. This is a this is a team that's got a Heisman Trophy candidate in Joe Burrows, a legitimate Heisman Trophy candidate, and I say that as a, as a Heisman voter. They're second in the country in passing. Again, this is a team that is throwing the ball. LSU typically hasn't done that in the past. Um, but before getting to that, Gentry was at his first uh, press conference today for Derek Mason, and Gentry, your question actually, I thought, got the most insightful quote from Derek Mason of the presser, and it was about uh, what the issues have been so far, and here was Derek Mason's answer to Gentry's question. Effort hasn't been a problem for this team, it, truly. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, it's tackled well at times, you know, men for the most part, so I, I, I think that was an issue last year, but I mean, we're chasing some new issues, you know, in this year. Uh, Obviously, you know, the discipline, you know, 23 penalties, 11 of the 23 penalties in the first two weeks uh, were, were, you know, pre and post snap. Okay, and that's a problem. I mean, we're leading the conference right now in penalties. That's not what I call intelligent. When you start talking about relentless, tough, and intelligent, it, it, it starts with the idea, don't beat yourself. And so that's what we've done. And, and you look how those penalties have mani- or, or manifested itself in, you know, in the last ball game. You know, we had we had three penalties on one drive that were, where we were going in to score. Okay, I mean that set us back. And then you look at, you know, in two interceptions, you know, nullified because of offsides penalties on defense. It's just bad football. You know, so for us, uh, you know, I mean the the focus and discipline piece, you know, has to be you know up front and center for what we do. So I thought what stuck out there was we are chasing some new issues this year, new issues, specifically discipline and penalties. Was that was that concerning to you, Gentry, that that's that's the new issue? Yeah, the the question it was. Yeah, the way it was phrased was what what has what have you liked the most out of the first two games? What's concerned you the most? And um, he said he liked the effort. In other words, he thinks the guys are playing hard, but obviously the first thing you mentioned in concern is penalties and also from a discipline standpoint. Uh, it's striking to me only because they had so few of them last year. Uh, this They you know led the SEC in fewest penalties a year ago and was in, they were in the top 25 nationally in that. Um, as of right now, through two games, only one other team in the FBS has more penalties per game than Vanderbilt. To have 23, and it's early, look, it's only two games, but to have 23 already this season it's an alarming thing for a program that isn't isn't known for that and tends to look Vandy's got so many disadvantages as it is against some of these SEC programs they can't beat themselves right and that's the you, you heard him even mention there in the and I know you're you're learning this already the RTI which is relentless tough intelligent that's kind of Derek Mason's motto for the the three-legged stool, so to speak. You pull that one leg, the, the stool's not going to hold up. And the relentless, he he referenced there, the effort is good. The tough, or whatever that means, that's a pretty broad, abstract idea. But the intelligent is not there. And yeah, you're right. You One advantage that Vandy does have is that Vandy has Vanderbilt student athletes. If the intelligence isn't there for Vanderbilt, who, who would it be there for? Right. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because they're not going to have the athletes. They're certainly not going to have the athletes to out-athlete LSU. Right. And so you've got to have that discipline there. It, it was pretty surprising to me in the Purdue game how many penalties were racked up. They nearly had a school record pretty close to it in penalties and also penalty yards. And you heard Derek reference there 11 of the 23 have been pre-snap and post-snap snap penalties. So those are those are not things where you're you're holding somebody. It's pass interference. Those are just unforced errors. Yes, that yeah, and and I, I think that like say for 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 Vanderbilt, they've got to be better than that. And you're up against so much as it is anyway. You almost you, you can't be worse than other teams in an area like that. And I don't. To me, that's more concerning than maybe the actual results yep. so far. In that this is something that if it's not corrected could hurt them down the line in games that, you know, maybe they have a lot better chance to win than against Georgia and LSU. Yeah, and I've talked about before, there are, so this is two ranked teams, two top five teams in the first three games. There's not another ranked team, at least based on the current rankings, there's only one on the rest of their schedule, and that's Florida. So there's a string of games that are going to be, if Vandy plays well and doesn't shoot themselves in the foot, so to speak, they're going to win those games, uh, especially non-conference Northern Illinois, UNLV, and, and ETSU for sure. Um, so there are games in conference and out of conference that are coming where they can't make these unforced errors. You know, the Derek Mason said he was asked about moral victories and all that, and that's a common topic around Vanderbilt for years. He cast that to the side. We don't we don't work for moral victories here, but. In all reality, I think we can look at this and say, just play well and try to be in this game, and you can walk away with some optimism, right? Yeah, I mean, he added to that in saying that at the same time as a coach, you can't overreact to what you see. Yeah. And I think it is, they are in that place right now. I know the Purdue game, there was there was perhaps some confidence that, that Vanderbilt could make a better game of it there. I'm a kind of a Purdue believer. I've been working in Louisville and I, I've heard a lot about Jeff Brom. I saw what he did at Western Kentucky. I've seen what he's done at Purdue. That offense is going to be a handful for a lot more teams beyond Vanderbilt. I know Vanderbilt gave up a, a ton of yard, passing yards in that game. 509, yeah, a lot. Th- that is a lot and it does play into what Purdue wanted to do, obviously. I mean, it costs Vanderbilt to win in a, a, a chance to be closer or, or have a chance to win that game. But Purdue's going to do that to other people. I wouldn't overreact necessarily to what happened against the, the off the offense not doing more against Georgia and you know and and the defense not playing better against Purdue. This this weekend's game is going to be a lot that way too, except for the penalties. To kind of go back to that, that's the the one thing that had nothing to do with who they were playing. And I think for a, a, a program that has not been known for having those kind of issues to have them pop up. Should be Derek Mason's top concern. Yeah, and the the pass defense makes this another bad matchup, I think, for Vandy. Again, LSU is passing the ball a lot. They haven't done that in the past. And Vandy had, what, lost three out of the four starters in the secondary. Randall Haney, one of their more experienced corners, is going to be out for this one because he was ejected for targeting, so he'll miss the first half of this game. But Vandy doesn't have a sack yet in two games, only team in FBS not to have a sack thus far. So if you're playing a passing team which LSU is, you don't have a pass rush, you don't have a good pass defense. There's not a whole lot to lean on defensively. There's, I'm looking for improvement, not not necessarily the score. I'm looking for improvement on the defensive side uh, from the Purdue game to the LSU game. And on the flip side of that, 
they've got to figure out how, a way to control the clock and to get Keyshawn Vaughn more carries. Um, again, if Cochran is back or if he's gets back eventually the next game the run game will be better it's certainly got to be better let, let me let me put this out there gentry you're just kind of stepping into this but one thing that vandy program had not had a question about the last few years was quarterback kyle Shermer had been the starting quarterback the last three and a half years they had a quarterback competition in the offseason and riley neal and deuce wallace were the two that were competing in the preseason riley neal won the job I, I like to give my take each week and where the quarterbacks are and based on what happened in the last game, I see I see Riley Neal with a firmer grasp on the quarterback job right now than he's had at any point in the in the spring, in the fall when he took the lead uh, in the first game when he started and was okay, not great, but decent. Um, I think he has as firm of a grasp on it now as he ever did. He threw for 378 yards. Stats are one thing, but what I took away from the Purdue game was he made the throws. You know, the coaches like to say, can can you make the throws? He made the throws downfield. He hit a couple of deep balls. He he threw some, some balls across the field, across his body, got to the sideline, threw it in the middle to Jared Pinckney a couple times. The throws that he needs to make, he made. And so that that's that told me that he, he needs to be the guy. Do you see this game being competitive, the LSU game? Do you do you, do you see this going into the second half and Vandy hanging around? I think LSU is going to have to help them out. I, to look at the numbers, it is remarkable, LSU this year versus LSU in previous years. It is. From a passing standpoint, LSU was ninth in the SEC in passing offense last season at 214 yards a game. This year they lead the league with 436 passing yards a game. Now, I know it's early. But given the fact that Vanderbilt struggled statistically so much at Purdue against the pass, Vanderbilt's last in the SEC in pass defense, total defense as well. It's not a good matchup. That's that's not a very encouraging setup for a team that can just throw a bunch of points out there and end the thing in the first quarter. Now, if if that happens, Vanderbilt's going to be in a situation where, yeah, they're going to have to throw to come back, and, and I, they'll, they'll probably put up some points in that, that scenario, but... No, I mean, I, 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 this it is hard. It's a limited sample size is the deal, especially for Vanderbilt because they've only played two games and they're sure. coming off the bye week. But you know, from the standpoint of what we've seen from LSU so far, they look like a lot more of a wrecking ball offensively than they have been. Uh, I think maybe some previous Leonard Fournette kind of LSU teams would come in and want to control the ball and slow the game down and just wear you down and win 20 to 10. This isn't that kind of team, and I think – it's going to be really hard for Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt to keep up, and I think we can base a lot of that on what happened in West Lafayette. Yeah, and, and the thing that jumps out to me about LSU is that they're getting a lot of passing yards despite playing two games against a team that they completely destroyed. Now, the Texas game was they showed what they could do against a good opponent, mm-hmm. but in the other two games, they racked up a lot of passing yards because they chose to pass. In the past, when they played like a Northwestern State well, they just run it for 400 yards and don't even throw the ball. They are choosing to pass. I'm curious to see them just as an SEC fan because I, I, I think they may be a national title contender. Usually you say, okay, Alabama in the West and Georgia in the East, and that's done. I'm not, I'm not so sure, and I want to see – I want them to convince me that they're maybe in the same breath as Alabama. It's a good point, though. They're, they're next to last in the league in rushing offense because they just haven't, haven't leaned on that very right. often. Ahead of guess who? Was last in the SEC 
Vandy. Yes. Yeah. And not really tried to run it that much because you get down 21 to nothing to Georgia. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you boy, Purdue just put them in the tempo that they wanted. And Vandy never got a chance to tap the brakes, which is what they wanted to do. There have been Vanderbilt teams that weren't overwhelming and maybe, you know, didn't win a ton of games. But they were able to put a game – they were able to muddy up a game. Yes. They were able to, to keep keep it close and – We'll find out if this team's able to do that. I don't think that's a good sign through two weeks that they were kind of, you know, the, the other teams played the games that they want the way they wanted to play them. Yes, and and LSE will, I think, try to do a similar tempo to Purdue. Not to not to the extent that Purdue does, but uh, LSE would love to get this game into, into the 30s and 40s because they don't think Vandy can score that many, and I, I frankly don't either. But one kind of a PSA here, Turner's Heroes, that's the uh, – the foundation that was created for Turner Cockrell. Turner Cockrell was a Vanderbilt football player, a tight end, that died last November, November 29th, 2018, of melanoma cancer. Turner's Heroes was set up by Cody Markell, a teammate, good friend of his, and some other Vanderbilt uh, teammates of Turner's, as well as Turner's parents, to fund discovery grants. Those are ones that do cancer research. And also to, to have what... Uh, what they have is kind of Turner's Heroes does these events at pediatric cancer centers. They did one at Monroe Carroll Jr. at Vanderbilt Hospital this past week that I attended, where they make they 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 allow kids to make capes. They play bingo with them. They do a lot of different activities, uh, help kids out in a tough situation. Turner's Heroes is going to have a. It's an 82-hour fundraising campaign beginning at the 11 a.m. kickoff of, of the LSU game this Saturday. 82-hour fundraising campaign because Turner Cockrell was was number 82. Give if you can. Uh, they're looking for at least $50,000, which is the full cost of a discovery grant, which would be in Turner Cockrell's name. They'd like to go be, well beyond that. They've got a pretty good head start because Derek Mason, Vanderbilt's coach, has pledged to give $25,000 out of his foundation as as matching funds. So if you give 25 bucks, 50 bucks, 10 bucks, whatever, you will get a return email or text that says Derek Mason just matched your funds. So that's beginning at 11 a.m., the kickoff of the LSU game. Pretty cool that Derek Mason is putting putting his money up for that for one of his former players. That's one of the many, many events that's going on uh, there. The new battle-ready uh, uniforms will be worn by Vanderbilt also this week for the LSU game. That has a dedication to it to also to Turner Cockrell. And we have a few of those items and uh, the link to where you can give to Turner's Heroes on Tennessean.com. So that does it for this edition of Breaking Down the Doors. We hope you'll subscribe to Tennessean.com if you haven't already. And remember to please subscribe to this podcast, Breaking Down the Doors, on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever it is that you get your podcast. And also drop us a review and a rating while you're at it. We love five stars. That's that's what we love the most. So please, please give us that rating if you enjoy this podcast. For Gentry Estes, I'm Adam Sparks. We'll see you next time. <laughs>